Welcome to Consume Sleep Repeat Media Podcast. I'm your host, Sydney Griffith. Consume Sleep Repeat Media is a podcast series where I talk about social media, music, and online technologies that we use in our everyday lives and how it has impacted us and the world around us. episode is all about Spotify and how this streaming service has affected the music industry and how we consume music. Today we have a guest. Hello, I'm Skylar. Skylar and I both listen to Spotify for most of our music, so it made sense to bring her on to today's episode. So Spotify has really changed the music industry from personalization, data collection, collaboration, playlists, algorithms, marketing strategies, and a lot more. So according to Warner, um, Spotify has over 232 million users, including 108 million monthly subscribers, which is a lot of people. Um, Spotify uses a lot of graphics, clickable texts, and photos to entice subscribers to click on new music and try Spotify's recommendations for um, personalized data collection. Um, So a big thing with Spotify is the playlists. Um, I used to be a part of Apple Music, and... um, Skylar had Spotify and she would always talk about all these playlists that she would get personalized for her. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to search for that on Apple Music and I didn't really like that. So I converted to Spotify um, and I started to like understand all the hype behind it, I guess. Um, so I think that's one way that Spotify really gets um, new subscribers and people to use their streaming platform because people find a way to connect to the media um through that they make a lot of like personalized playlists with music that they think you will like so it really helps you to also like get exposure to other artists that you wouldn't have otherwise Mm -hmm. like found so it's like a really good way to also like explore new music and everything and sometimes I feel like Spotify knows me better than I know myself with the people that it recommends for me yeah for sure so I think that really draws people in Mm -hmm. um also Warner mentions um in his article that it's a social and cultural event type thing Spotify uses to represent everybody through the streaming platform. Um, One of those ways that's been um, super relevant is how Spotify reacted to the Black Lives Matter movement and to the um, LGBTQ plus um, community, especially when like coming out day um, or pride month. Um, They definitely marketed to... um, represent multiple communities so if you clicked on spotify and the homepage that came up like either on your desktop or on your phone um they usually have like one big ad at the top and um for the lgbtq plus community they had stuff uh like playlists with like music made by like Mm -hmm. queer artists and everything like that exactly or for the black lives matter movement they have playlists and radio stations um where um from the black community that they recorded or they um wrote those songs so it made people um aware of those um I guess movements or um other communities so they could support them which I think is really important for big industries to focus on because that's a really big thing today is being inclusive um Warner discusses how it can also be problematic that Spotify uses data from one's culture and gender to personalize their music experience Um, but I think it also brings a sense of community because people with similar music interests, um, 
they feel like they can connect to people more. So for example, for my 21st birthday, Skylar made a playlist for me. Um, and it was a collaborative playlist. So we could add things to it. Yeah, together and like mm-hmm. create like a shared playlist. Yeah, so even if we we pretty much have like the same music interests, or hers is a little more mm-hmm. niche. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um it helps us to like connect in another way that we weren't able to do before right. we were on Spotify together. Yeah. Um so in Johansson's music in the times of streaming, transformation, and debate. Um, the use of data links to how physical music has significantly decreased in sales. So we've seen through the years, even us growing up, because we were born in 99. Um, you know, CDs were still really popular then, or like the portable disc players. I had a purple one and I listened mm-hmm. to Hilary Duff all the time. Um, <laughs> but that started to really change, like, I guess, middle school. Yeah. Um, and we started to see that decrease even when we were younger um and now I went to like Apple Music and then Napster started the peer-to-peer like music um and then Apple Music Spotify YouTube um is I think the beginning of what I saw music transform into I know there was like LimeWire too yes that was a big one LimeWire yeah um I remember that one I I wasn't really into it but I remember it um so the expansion of the streaming services is one of the major reasons for the decrease in physical music sales. Um, Spotify relies on copying data and the aggregation of large sets, according to Johansson. Um, this makes streaming very, very accessible and it can be used for many different devices at once. So let's say I'm playing music from Spotify on my computer. I can control what I'm listening to from the Spotify app, from the Spotify app, but it's coming out of my computer. Or I can put it on my TV if it has like... The um, AirPlay or whatever. Connected to the Bluetooth in your car. Yeah, exactly. Um, Spotify playlists also help to cultivate moods and emotions. Um, Through the production and capturing of these playlists, according to Siles, um, these playlists, which can be collaborative, help to identify intimate publics, which can be created through strangers and their bonds between music and technology, which can offer a feeling of belonging and identification. Um, but Tile's article contradicts Werner's article based on the fact that Spotify's data collection groups people based on gender and culture, which, as I said before, Werner finds problematic because it puts people into boxes. On the other hand, Tile's talks about how this sense of identification through culture and gender based on the production of playlists, when you share it with others, helps people to find a sense of belonging and identity. So I think it depends yeah. on you yeah. and who you are and what you listen to. It can make you feel less alone. Exactly, because... And, like, seeing other people with yeah. the same taste as you and everything. Because I know there's that... Spotify just came out with something where you can listen to music at the same time as somebody mm-hmm. else. So, for example, my boyfriend and I, we will listen to music at the same time. I think we've done it before. Yeah. Um, so it makes you feel like you're kind of with that person, yeah. even though you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, which I really enjoy, because sometimes you can't see your significant other or your friend mm-hmm. for a long time. Um so, Vonderu's article discusses the Spotify effect, which is the idea that Spotify has the ability to fold other markets into each other using aggressive financial growth strategies and technology engineering to create public benefit and kind of a sense of a cool atmosphere surrounding the use of music. Um, 
they also compare Spotify to Napster because both, um, as I said before, uses peer-to-peer networks in the earlier years of its creation, um, and it used unlicensed music as well. Um, so this can also be related to the article called Reclaiming the Music, the Power of Local and Physical Music Distribution in the Age of Global Online Services, discussing how physical music is still important in making sales. So we can relate that back to how we talked about the physical sales dropping. But um, I think Spotify and how it markets to users, um, especially through email, um, if you you, you have the option to follow certain artists on Spotify, well, most artists, Mm -hmm. Um, And when you follow them, they'll send you emails or notifications from those artists saying, oh, we have a concert in like a year. You can get tickets here and Spotify will link you to that. Or you can get special like access to cool records or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or like record day. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's usually a UK thing. But um, just for like following the artists. mm -hmm. Or they'll send you like a message. But I think because we still have an increase in live music, I think Mm -hmm. Spotify has really been helping people with that Mm -hmm. um, because it's marketing to the public Mm -hmm. that there is still live music to go to. And I think people still find a real connection with live music. So even though we don't have physical music, the streaming and live music still plays into each other. Um, So another thing that's really big about um, Spotify is Spotify wrapped. Um, so one of the cons of Spotify is people kind of pick and choose um, what they want to listen to based on their Spotify wrapped at the end of the year, um, which we kind of do. But yeah, sure. to like talk about what Spotify wrapped is before getting into it, it's basically all the data that Spotify has taken from what you listen to. And they make like, they tell you what your most popular song that you listened to was. All the genres you've listened to. Like, I listened to 400 different genres this past year, which was insane. Um, it talks about your top artist. Mine was an artist called Lizzie McAlpine. I listened to her for an insane amount of time, um, especially during quarantine. Um, so, for us, I know that we don't listen to study music, like lo-fi hip-hop. I do not listen to that on Spotify because I'm crazy and I don't want that music to be in my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. So I'm always Mm -hmm. thinking about the data that Spotify is collecting. And I, yeah. And I think that also Spotify has been changing people to think about, well, just media in general now, um, to think about the data that they're collecting from you and how you can affect it, how you can manipulate it. Because now we're like trained to think like that. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Like, what yeah. I'm listening to, and, like, I refuse to listen to a lot of Taylor Swift because I don't want her to show them my Spotify <laughs> rap and look like I love Taylor Swift, exactly. even though I'm trying to do. Exactly. But, like, and then also they have the friend feature where you can see what your friends are listening to. Yes, I love and that. I love that feature, but I also, like... I have hidden playlists and everything with songs mm-hmm. that I don't want people to see me listening to. I will mm-hmm. turn off my listening thing so friends can't see what I'm listening to if I'm listening to something that I deem embarrassing because I'm like, no one can know that I'm listening to Taylor Swift for three hours. Yeah, right? no, exactly. And that's another way that Spotify lets you connect to other people. That's you true. can see, you you have the like your recent activity of your friends mm-hmm. to see what they're listening to. So like right now, if Skylar's listening to Folklore by Taylor Swift, mm-hmm. I can see exactly what song she's listening to. I can see when she changes her song. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes it lags, which makes me mad. because we go to canvas coffee shop in newport news a lot and i follow them and i like to see what they're listening to because i don't want to constantly say hey siri what is this song called Mm -hmm. um so sometimes it like lags which i think 
I was I see I said here's hey, hey Siri and it like listened to me anyways. Another example of data collection. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, that's another way that um Spotify uses data but helps you to like connect to other people. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yeah, um Spotify wrapped. Um so yeah, you it collects your data for the whole year and then it like wraps it up and people look forward to it. Like we're like, oh, oh yeah. my gosh, I cannot wait for my Spotify wrap to come back. And you post about and it. You post everybody posts about Everyone it. Everyone has to know. Yeah, and everybody in the Apple Music who's a part of Apple Music, which I used to be a part of and mm-hmm. I used to get jealous because they don't they have something like that, but it's not as it's aesthetically not the pleasing. Same. It's not the same. Yeah. Um Spotify is definitely known for that. Um That's a big draw in. Mm-hmm. That was a draw in for me. I was like, gotta have a Spotify wrapped. Exactly. So going into more of um, like the artists and all of that, um, Meyer discusses how competitive streaming services are, especially when it comes to hits and stars, making the star system very competitive between these large companies. Um, so this is forcing music to remodel for promotional media based on how popular stars become and how um, they come to endorse brand deals from popularity, which can come from how many streams are popularly or how popular they are are on streaming platforms, which Meyer also discusses. Um, It has become a form of marketing, which is pushing a different way of promoting products, making everything branded and personalized based on data as well. But I also want to talk about um, kind of how different stars didn't put their music on streaming platforms. Like for example, Kanye West came out, I think with a streaming platform called Tidal. And when he came out with his album called Life of Pablo, which was like super big when we were in high school, I really wanted to listen to it. So I literally downloaded Tidal just so I could get like a free subscription for like a week or like three days to listen to his album because he like refused to put it on these streaming platforms. I think Beyonce did, Taylor Swift did, yeah. Um, Another big artist did too. Um, I can't remember. But um, a lot of these artists did because they didn't... Oh, Garth Brooks. I know that's like a super old country dude. But um, he he's not on Spotify at all. Like the only thing you get is covers of Garth Brooks. So I think that's important. But um, And I never really understood why until Skylar and I kind of discussed it. And it's because they pay so unfairly low. I know they're already rich, but... Um, Especially for like newer indie artists too. Yeah. Um, they don't. Make they don't a lot get. Of money. They don't like make a lot of money at all, and they have to pay for production mm-hmm. unless they do it themselves. But that's still expensive. Yeah. It still costs money to put it on Spotify. Um, so, for example, um, according to CNBC, um, artists. Let me look here at the stats. Are paid anywhere between point zero zero six to point zero zero four dollars per stream, or even lower than that. Um, and doing the math, about a thousand streams equates to around four dollars and thirty-seven cents U.S. Um, I see. I can I tell you about? Yeah. Like, I saw on Twitter that was like, if you gave you know your top artist a thousand streams, congratulations on making them a dollar and thirty-three cents. It's just like everyone knows about yeah. it. But like, so the people like this Spotify CEO is the one who's making all the money and not the actual musician. No, it's kind of you kind of relate that to Amazon and Jeff yeah, Bezos. Um, but nobody really realizes it because Spotify is so popular and they, everybody's like, Spotify is doing something. And I'm like, they're doing something marketing wise, data wise, franchising wise, changing the music industry. They're doing a lot, but they're not doing a lot for the artists. 
um, because that's where we're streaming most of them. Yeah. And that's where I think YouTube is a lot better to listen to music on if you're thinking about like finances mm-hmm. because maybe Spotify or maybe YouTube doesn't pay a lot per view, but look, you can get ads. Yeah, and um, YouTube does pay more per view than yeah, Spotify does. Yeah, a lot per more. So. But at least they're getting ads mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, and you can put like affiliate links and like your comment section and stuff like that. You can't really do that for Spotify. Mm-hmm. It's just like your profile with your songs. Um, so I think in total, like Spotify is good for a lot of things, but it's also bad for some things. But I do think it's definitely changed. Um, the music media industry completely because of how it's been used, the new things that they're coming up with constantly, um, especially like Spotify wrapped, how they respond to cultural events that are taking place around us. Even um, talking about that a little bit more with COVID, they had COVID quarantine playlists. Um, They were like, here's songs to make you feel good. Sad, uh, sad songs that you can cry to. They create a mood for you. Like they're sad songs, happy songs, love songs, like, on every yeah, they have a playlist for every mood under the sun. Yeah, like even super niche like moods, like exactly. And people themselves can make super niche playlists. Like I just made one called like 2006 Ford Explorer that's inspired by <laughs> my childhood and songs that we listened to in our childhood, like yeah. car growing up, and like getting to hear other people's like playlists. I think is like the biggest thing because mm-hmm. like the shareability of the playlist of Spotify is a lot better than like Apple Music or something. Yeah, Spotify is def- definitely like a different creative outlet in a sense because mm-hmm. you can make these playlists so personalized, so close to you in a different way. Like and other people can follow them exactly and share them much more easily than you can with any other streaming platform. Exactly. And I think that's how Spotify has really changed the music industry, and I don't think they're going to stop anytime soon. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening to um, that episode of Consume, Sleep, Repeat um, Media. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Bye.